This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. Uh, Ladies don't start fights, but they can finish them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today's feature presentation is uh, Aristocats from 1970. Uh, Katie, what is this one? It's a movie about cats. It is a movie about cats. Anything else? Uh, Well, it's a movie about um fancy rich people cats True. and then alley cats yeah and, I mean, basically yeah, that's really what it is the cats get kidnapped and then they make it home so i don't get kidnapped they get catnapped my bad yeah true yeah um well I, I pulled some history around this one there's um so this was based on a story by tom mcgowan and tom Rowe. uh the film originally started as a script for a two-part live action episode for the wonderful world of color tv or wonderful world of color which was a tv show that disney did for a while when color tv was newer so it was a big thing that they were pushing um and it had at, you know, after it was like designed for that, it had two years of rewrites, um, and it just wasn't working out in that format. So they eventually changed it into a film instead of a TV show. Um, and then this ended up being one of the last film projects approved by Disney before his death. I feel like we've been saying things around that a lot lately because like a bunch of the movies we're doing right now are like the last things that he touched before he died. Um, and this is the last one that he approved. Um, and then he, he wasn't a big part of the active development um, before he passed. Uh, the Sherman brothers wrote the songs for this film. So, you know, they come up uh, throughout Disney history. So this is one of their films. It ended up earning $10 million in rentals at the box office. And in general, it was kind of considered a commercial success at the time. Critics mostly liked the film. Um, and it did well enough that there's currently a live action remake that's in development. So we'll see if it actually comes to pass. But for right now, it's somewhere in development. Um yeah, but what did you think of this one, Katie? Wait, is it going to be like a live action remake like Lion King was a live action remake? Probably. That would be my guess. Okay. I I might watch it. Maybe. Gonna... We'll see if it actually ends up happening. Yeah, I think we'll end up having to watch it if it happens. It's because of this yeah, podcast. Exactly. Um, anyways, I thought this movie was like 101 Dalmatians, but with cats. Yeah. Yeah, it like, kind of felt like it. Like, the animation was almost the same. Yeah, it did have a weird, like, sketchy animation style where they're doing something strange with the frame rate. It just feels like, I don't know, it feels kind of cheaply made, even though it's a Disney movie. Like, obviously, they put money into it, but it's just, I don't know, something about the animation doesn't quite hold up to their standards. I'm not sure why yeah, they it's weird. went with this, like, stylistic option. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing that jumped out to me was like the story itself is like aristocratic, which is just not my favorite setting, I guess. Um, what? You don't like the aristocracy? That's really sad. No, generally no. Um, there are some exceptions. Like I like a good Downton Abbey episode, but you know, <laughs> besides a couple things like that, not so much. Yeah, I know. But that kind of gets into, into the moment. So I didn't actually have a ton for this one, but there were a couple that like jumped out to me as interesting points but the moment to moment of this film wasn't super gripping um the thing that did jump out right away was that it opened with one of those cultural warnings which is never a good sign we've learned (laughs) means we're gonna have some sort of outdated depiction of another group of people (laughs) 
Yeah, and I was just waiting for it, and I was like, oh, okay, I see it. As soon as it popped up, you know, I was like, was like, was that it? Was that it? And then when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Um, yeah, but I mean, in general, the movie is about the cats, and they're going to get this inheritance because the old lady doesn't have, like, anyone else, any humans to inherit it. And so the way that she sets up her inheritance is that the cats will get the inheritance for as long as they're alive, as long as, and the butler is supposed to use the inheritance to take care of them. And then as soon as the cats are no longer alive, the butler gets the inheritance. And that's kind of like the premise of the movie is that the butler realizes that like, if he gets rid of the cats, that he can get the inheritance right away instead. He's not a nice person. No, he's really not. Um, But yeah, I mean, what jumped out to you from this one? Um, Well, obviously the cats are super cute. Yeah. I love Marie. She's adorable. Um, But, like, the butler being the villain was really weird because it wasn't really, like, a villain villain in this. It was just the butler being a greedy and sucking, basically. Yeah. He's not a very good villain either. Like, he's pretty dumb. Yeah, because he, like, in his, in his mind, he's like, oh, if I murder these cats (laughs) i can get the money but then he also seems to forget that the the old lady isn't dead yet right so it's not like he was gonna get the money anyway at least not for a while because she don't look that old and she looked pretty healthy to me (laughs) yeah she she was doing fine she seemed fine yeah and so he decides, like, I'm going to murder these cats and then be like, oh, no, what happened to the cats? But he's a dumb burglar, dumb, dumb villain who catnaps these cats and then doesn't do a good job of committing cat murder. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't understand. He just, all he had to do was wait and he would have gotten all the money. Like, it's yeah. not a big burden to take care of some cats. And if you're the one in charge of using the money to take care of the cats, it's like, okay, you feed them really nicely and you still have all of the other riches to yourself. Like, you would be fine. All he had to do was bide his time. He was just so dumb. Yeah, and I think he gets to live in the fancy house while taking care of the cats. Did he hate the cats that much that he just, like, couldn't spend time taking care of three kittens and and a mom cat? Right. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It didn't make a whole lot of sense there. No. And also, he's just, like, real bad at math. He's like, the cats are going to live for another 12 years, and then they have nine lives. And I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you think he knows that cats don't really have nine lives? Apparently not. Yeah, he's not a great villain. No, no, not at all. Um, I like the uh, O'Malley. Yeah. the, The orange cat. He's really cool. He's pretty cute, too. Yeah, and that kind of gets us into, like, the one main song for this movie, which is kind of, like, the only thing I knew about it going in. I don't think I'd ever actually seen the movie, but I had seen the song for Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, probably from, like, a Disney sing-along when I was a kid or something. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, like, it's, it's interesting as a sequence because it's 
both like the most interesting sequence, the catchiest sequence for a song. It's like a cool swing music song, but it is also 100% the reason that that's like cultural insensitivity warnings on there because as soon as they get into it and you start seeing the characters and the way that they're portrayed while they're doing that song it's just like so cringeworthy it there's so many stereotypes and just insensitive cultural depictions and i was like oh okay this is why that warning was in here because of like these swing musicians portrayed as different types of cats in cringy ways but also the the song itself was pretty good So it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know exactly how to feel about that. It's they probably thought it was going to be fine because they're cats. They're not people. And we're like, that's not how this works. No, no, not at all. Yeah, it was it's it's pretty bad. The the song is great. And like the music, obviously, the Sherman Brothers did all the music. So all the music was going to be phenomenal. Um, But it was just like, ah, 1970s it is. Yeah. Um, and that probably gets us to the bad and the good. So um, the bad for me, the that sketchy animation we talked about, I just didn't love it. It did seem like a stylistic choice, but the execution just kind of felt a little unfinished to me with the roughness around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the butler. The butler was just bad. Like, he was bad as a villain because he wasn't smart at all. He might be the dumbest Disney villain that we've yet encountered, and I'm trying to think of one that's dumber than him, and I'm not coming up with anything. No, he's pretty bad. Like his, like the motive behind trying to get rid of the cats was dumb, and like not thinking about that he could just take care of them until they died, and then he would get all the money anyway was really stupid. Yeah, um, and like obviously outdated cultural depictions are never great. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. And- Yeah, that gets us to the good, though. I mean, you know, we always got to find some good. The main thing for me was that, like, this does kind of show us where Disney was at with animation in the early 70s. Like, they were kind of struggling, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this was, like, after their first really good run of animated films, but before the Golden Age that we covered. And they're just kind of in this weird middle ground with animation where Disney's really putting a lot more of their time and attention and resources towards live action. And animation is taking this, like, backseat where it doesn't have as much financial support it doesn't have as much i don't want to say it doesn't have as much talent but the way that they're doing it is definitely different than the way that they did it during other eras of disney so this is actually a pretty good snapshot of kind of where they're at in the 70s yeah that's pretty good i mean also like the cats the cats are great because <laughs> cats i love cats. yes cats are good i agree um so would we watch it again um, my mom said she wanted to watch this. I maybe I would watch it with her. Okay. I don't think I'd watch this one again. <laughs> I'd probably listen to the the song. I don't know if I'd watch the song or a sing along version because again, cringy. But like mm-hmm. the song itself is like, oh, it's kind of catchy. Um, yeah. Um, if you guys want to watch along with us, though, what we have coming up next, we're gonna do the Country Bears from 2002, which I had no idea what to expect when we watched that one. Um, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks from 1971. Muppet Treasure Island from 1996 and the Apple Dumpling Gang from 1975. So we're kind of jumping back and forth between the 70s and then some slightly more late 90s, like early 2000s stuff at the moment. Um, Don't forget, we have a network, uh, we have podcasts, we have streamers, the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent to you. Which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what are you geeking out about this week? Um, So there is a new 
version of the Jane Austen novel Persuasion. Okay. Um, they made another um, like live action version of it. I don't know. There's so many different versions of her books. Like how many different versions of Pride and Prejudice movies exist in this world? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a new one that they put on Netflix. Um, it has... Oh, God. I can't remember her name right now. That's really awful. But anyways, um, I watched it. Chelsea and I are actually going to do a Tea Time episode on this whenever we get around to it. Cool. Um, but the movie is really boring. It's kind of sad because it's like kind of boring. But also it's weird because there's this like modernization, but still in the the typical like um t- era that Jane Austen novels take place in. Okay. Um but there's this whole like modernized part to it, like some of the language and breaking the fourth wall and stuff, which makes it actually not that good because it's one of those <laughs> like straddling the line without committing one side or the other. Um that makes it like difficult to like it. Yeah, that can be a little annoying. Yeah. Um, and then I also signed up for Kindle Unlimited so I could read more books. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, we canceled our, like, uh, Chelsea and I canceled our subscription to Squarespace and moved Tea Time to Anchor. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, so I don't have to spend $16 a month Excellent. anymore, basically. So books instead. Yeah. So I signed up for <laughs> Kindle Unlimited instead. <laughs> But it's nice. four ninety nine a month compared to six sixteen dollars a month, and I got four months for free. Excellent. Yeah, so, books are good. Yeah, I'm trying to read more. Might not be the best kind of books I'm reading, but I made my <laughs> way to Book Talk on TikTok. Yeah, and there's some spicy books on Book Talk. I gotta That's say. okay. There's nothing wrong with a spicy book. No, I've I've read a few spicy books, and they were interesting. They were actually like written pretty well. It's just the content itself was like people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just glad when people are reading. I think it's good. Yeah. 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 I've read three books in the last month. So sweet. That's great. That's way more than I've read in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've been really bad about reading books, but I like it. I like that I have the option to just like go download a book and then read it um, on my iPad. So that's what I've been doing. What about cool. you? Um, I have been dabbling with a bunch of games. Uh, we kind of had a break in recording here accidentally because life happened. So I've just kind of had a month of like, I don't know, watched some shows, played some games. Um, so one I wanted to call out that I've been playing off and on, but it's really interesting. So it's why I wanted to highlight it. It's called Multiverses. So you know Smash Brothers on Nintendo, right? Yep. Um, and so that style of like, it's called a platform fighter is kind of that style of fighting game. There's not a ton of them out there. Um, you know, it's kind of, they're very easy to like learn and easy to control, but they're still hard to master and there's like a high skill ceiling to them. Um, and so people play them all the way up to like competitive, like fighting game tournament type of stuff. And so multiverses is a platform fighter like that of which there's, there aren't that many outside of smash brothers. So it's kind of like the prototypical example. Um, but it's like, what if you took that like smash brothers style of game and instead you built like a whole live service around it. So it has a lot of the modern trappings from 
like a Fortnite or like other modern live service games where it's like it's going to be supported. It's going to constantly get new characters. It has like different payment models. You can get like the battle pass and earn a bunch of things for the month or you can get like, you know, achievements and experience points and all these like in-game currencies. Um, But the interesting part there is that it's what if it instead of Nintendo characters, it was all WB characters. And the first time I heard that, I was like, what even is that? That's like Looney Tunes? Like, is that is that what we're talking about? And yes, but also WB owns so many things now that the game is just ridiculous because it's like, what if some Looney Tunes characters, but also all of like a bunch of DC superheroes and then things like Scooby-Doo and things like LeBron James from Space Jam and like <laughs> Harley Quinn. So it's like you'll be in a match where it's like I'm Harley Quinn and I just like hit LeBron James over the head with a baseball bat while Bugs Bunny is shooting a rocket at me. And like, you know, Batman is over in the corner throwing a bat. Like it's just, I don't know, it's over the top and it's ridiculous, but it's really fun and it's it's really well made. And I'm kind of surprised at how much I'm liking it. That sounds absolutely ridiculously amazing. It is. The character roster is just, I don't know, it's all over the place, but in the best kind of way, you know? And it's like when, so my kids and I were looking at it and playing it a little bit together, and it's like the characters that they're latching onto are different from the characters that I'm latching onto, but there's kind of something for everybody in there, you know? Um, so, yeah, they're, I mean, they're playing with characters that I, I know of, but I never watched the shows. So stuff from, like, Adventure Time and, like, Steven Universe and things like that are in there alongside DC superheroes and, you know, Space Jam. And, yeah, it's, I don't know. They could take it in so many ways. Like, once you start thinking about all the things that WB owns, it's like, oh, they could just add on to this thing forever. That's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, so we'll see how it evolves over time, but it's been it's been fun to dabble in and just kind of mess around in. And it's free to play. That's the other thing because of the way they have the payment models and everything. Like you can just go grab this game. It costs zero dollars to get started, so it's kind of a low barrier to entry, which is fun as well. Nice. Yeah, um, that's probably it for tonight. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail dot com, or reach us on Twitter at disneyeverpod. And you can talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace uh, or our Discord server. <laughs> Sorry. I like okay. I mess that up like real hard. I can fix an editing. You're fine. I blog at agreenmushroom.com or you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And you can find both me on you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching my handle uh, at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? I mean, I'll take more movies with cats if they want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>